You're listening to the Sports on Tap Podcast Network. Cheers to sports. This is the Sports on Tap Seattle Podcast. Cheers to Seattle, y'all. Happy Friday and thanks for tuning on in. As the intro said, to the Sports on Tap Seattle Podcast. And uh, you got two hosts today. Little brother, Sammy Georgeur, and with me is George Georgeur. I obviously the big bro if he's a little one. Yeah, and there's no in between. It's not obvious because you there could be multiple brothers, but we didn't, you know, we didn't specify that. It's true, but it could be like there's just a big one. If you're the little one, that means the next one's a big one, no matter what. Bigger could be middle. True, but still be a big, right? Would you still be big if you're like would like if you had a, still my big brother, yes. Yeah, exactly. But doesn't mean you're the big brother if you were the middle child, so you never know. Okay. Uh, we're sounding like Eli and Peyton, which is a good thing. They, they they're getting good ratings. You just gotta. It's, it's good to be two brothers talking on a on a. But they got three, but they do have three. They do have three. They do, but it's just them two on the show. I'm saying. True. <laughs> the way they talk to each other, it's fun. It's two brothers that just know each other, and uh, today we talked mostly Mariners for like what thirty five minutes, and then a couple minutes of Seahawks here and there. Yeah. Let's win. As Ted Lasso would say, George, we believe. And uh, mm-hmm. I want everybody to be supporting those Mariners this weekend and supporting those Seahawks. And if you love Seattle sports, make sure you support this podcast by giving us a subscribe or turn on alerts for when new podcasts come out. Tell a friend, help share, um, and check us out at SantSeattle.com or at our main site, thesportsontap.com, and click the Seattle tab to keep up with all of our stuff. And you can find us at S-O-N-T Seattle. That's Sant Seattle. And I'm just going to explain this because sometimes maybe the people don't understand. If the S-O-N-T stands for Sports on Tap, so it's the Seattle portion. So at Sant Seattle is where you can find all our Seattle stuff on Instagram, TikTok, uh, Facebook, Twitter, wherever. And you can always find the podcast. So, George, just as everyone's supporting the Mariners and believing, you know what bandwagon I want everybody to hop on? The Sports on Tap Seattle bandwagon. Thank you. Thank you. And what we like to say is cheers to Seattle. Thanks, y'all. Peace. Enjoy the pod. I might as well say that so it doesn't sound like it's over. Peace. One of the biggest weekends in Seattle sports in a long time, George. And uh, I'm pretty hyped. Oh, same here, man. I mean, it's been a long, long time. Well, I mean, we had that few, run a few years ago where the Mariners were, you know, I think it's 2014. It feels like we're 2013. It feels like a while ago where Felix pitched a great game last game to, you know, if Oakland had lost, we would have made the playoffs. Um, it feels like ages and ages ago because it kind of was. So, uh, yeah, uh, and the Seahawks play this weekend too. Just big, big Seattle sports weekend. Well, even outside of that, you, I was hearing there was – Two preseason games in Everett for the Kraken, which is kind of cool because I think the first ones were in Spokane. So now it's coming yep. closer to the actual side of Seattle. You have Kraken games. I think the Sounders play a pretty good, big game on Sunday. Obviously, if you listen to our podcast, we mostly just talk uh, Seahawks and Mariners. But as the Kraken gets started and if the Sounders go on a playoff mm-hmm. run and go to a championship, it's going to be brought up on a podcast like this. So it is a big run. And it's to the point where everybody in Seattle is talking about it, right? So. Um, I want to start the podcast with something that I haven't heard yet. I'm just going to play this audio out loud because I just saw the Seahawks tweet 
that we believe with a video of Pete Carroll talking about the Mariners, I'm assuming. And that's when you know your sports city is kind of booming. And we'll get into the Mariners and how many people are talking about it and all that. But let's just hear what Pete Carroll had to say. Stadium for him. There's a little uh, kind of Mariners mania going on around here. Uh, we've been watching and, and pulling for him and, and uh, see that um, good signs, you know, when, when you don't even play and you move up. And that's that's pretty good, you know. So we're, we're just rooting for him and uh, coach service. And those guys come around and have, have a great finish to the season. So kind of fun. I hope everybody turns out and makes it crazy at the stadium for him and, and has a blast finishing this thing up. There's a little. Uh, what do you have to say about that, George? Hell we to bleed. the yeah. Oh, and hell to the saying. yeah. No, I was gonna say, hell <laughs> to the yeah, man. I mean, no, no, seriously, think about this. Like, we are, as Mariner fans, probably, I mean, the most unfortunate fan base right now in sports with the longest playoff drought. Like, we haven't had anything to be really excited about. And I called today in this three-game series. We're not in the playoffs yet, but we're in a play-in, and it feels good. Um, we're playing in for the playoffs now. We control our own destiny. Yeah. We win three in a row and the Red Sox win three in a row. All right, we play the Red Sox. We beat them one game. We're in the playoffs. So we're actually in a play-in situation. We're in the play-in games as, you know, there's that NBA play-in tournament. This is like the equivalent of it. We got a three-game set, and we take care of business. We're in the playoffs. Yeah, and that's that's what's cool about it. It's, it's a control-your-own-destiny situation, right? It's not a, ah, um, oh, dang, if we win two games – and then, you know, we need Red Sox to lose two. It's literally just like if you win all your games, you're at least guaranteed a spot um, for a play into the playoffs, at least. Right. So you're right. It's play in games. And I did hear something on the radio today, which was pretty cool way to look at it. Just as an example, this is the first time in a long time we could ever say this. If the Mariners just won out the rest of their games, like for the rest of eternity, let's just say they went on like what the Cardinals did, like a 17 game winning streak. They're yeah. technically winning the World Series. Like they're in a situation where no matter what other teams do, if they actually just win all their games, they're actually on track to go to the playoffs, to go to the next round. To so th- it's so cool that this is no longer in other people's hands. Right, and and not just that. Like I'm looking right now at the standings and stuff, and you know we went from like a what 0.5 percent chance to make the playoffs about five four or five days ago to a 30 percent playoff probability right now. But the thing that's crazy is, okay, we had to do what we did, which was go 9-1 and one in our last 10 games. But that, and not only that, we needed Boston to do what they did, go only 5-5, five and five, and Toronto to go 4-6. and six. Like, if Boston just played 7-3 and three baseball or 6-4 and four baseball, and we played 8-2 and two baseball, we're out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we had yeah. to literally go on a really, really hot streak where we've won nine out of our last 10 and we had to have Boston kind of fall back to earth against the Baltimore Orioles, who are the worst team in baseball. So, or at least wins, the worst team in American wins, League. wins, something like that. Wins. Yeah, worst team in the American League. Uh, the, the Diamondbacks have 50 wins. But close. Um, and I did see tonight. Uh, I just wanted to mention this before we keep talking about that because I have some interesting numbers for you too in mm-hmm. regards to what you just said. Um, I do want to say the Mariners did just tweet out that T-Mobile Park is virtually sold out for tonight's game. And now they're trying to sell tickets available for Saturday and Sunday. So it's looking like we might be at a full capacity, which I probably am assuming the last time that happened was maybe like Felix's last game or maybe two years ago. I don't know the last time we've had like a legit well, 
I don't remember the last time we've had a legit sold out crowd somewhere between, you know, 40 to 46. I think it holds um, that didn't have to do with like a Griffey retirement night or like a Felix last game or like an Egger Hall of Fame game. I don't remember the last time we had a sold out game for the purpose of like it's a big game for the season. <laughs> yeah, no, it's <laughs> you know been a I long mean? time. It's been a long, long, long time. And um and it seems like a lot of people are also on the uh on the bandwagon, right? Um like yeah. I just saw now Nationals Reddit is now on the bandwagon and they put out a executive uh decision. Uh, are you you want me to read this out loud to you? Sure. Okay, I got a couple good stories for you too, because I think it's it's fun how much the Mariners are are trending all over the place. Yeah, absolutely. So ra- Nationals Reddit, Washington Nationals, they're playing the Boston Red Sox. For those who don't know, but it says an M is just an upside down W, which is kind of true. Fact. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a new purpose. During this otherwise meaningless series against the Red Sox this weekend, the Nationals can end the longest current playoff draw in baseball. I'm speaking, of course, about the Seattle Mariners. With three games left to play this regular season, the Mariners and the Red Sox both sit at 89 and 70. This weekend, the Mariners host the Angels while the Red Sox are headed to D.C. And then in bold and big letters, by executive decision, I hereby announce that the Reddit Nationals is jumping on the Mariners bandwagon. This decision definitely has nothing to do with the fact that that should the Mariners make it, the title of the longest postseason drought would be passed on to the Philadelphia Phillies. Here's what you need to do. Root for the Nationals. Every Nats win in Southeast Washington will benefit our playoff-deprived brothers and sisters in Northwest Washington. Yeah, and I was going to say, not only is the W and M upside down, we're both from Washington in one weird way or another. So why not have the – I don't know last time the Washington's united, right? So I guess this is a big monumental moment in U.S. history is where you have the Washingtons unite. There is no Washington, D.C. or Washington State. Today, it is just Washington. Just United all about States. George Washington. United States of America. It's all about Washington, the city, which is Seattle and D.C., Washington. Washington. Perfect. Beat the Red Sox. Washington Day. And, um, of course, they were going to do that, though, because it's not like they want to get swept by the Red Sox anyways. They'd rather beat the Red Sox to end the season. No, no, true. (laughs) True, true. Um, Weird thing you said there, though, it would make the Phillies the longest drought, which is so odd considering I feel like they won a World Series like 10 years ago. Yeah, 2009 or 10, they won. Have they not made it back since? I have no idea. I think they made it one since, like the year after they won the World Series, and that was it. Well, you did say something earlier about us being like the most deprived baseball franchise or maybe franchise in sports. And that's one thing we didn't mention um, that almost every Seattle Mariner fan that's listening to this should know is that we are the one team in all of baseball that's never even made a World Series, right? So on top of right, <laughs> on top because the other one was Washington as well, right? Or the Montreal Expos yeah. in Washington, but then they made it a couple years ago. No, yeah, they won the World Series what yeah. last two seasons ago, three seasons ago, after Bryce Harper left, right? It was yeah, yeah, right after, yeah. Um, so not only do the Mariners have maybe the worst baseball friend in history in the longest streak of uh, playoffs in, what, in 20 years? I don't know what people consider. Is it a 20-year drought or 21? Because it's 2021. Last one was 
2011, but 2021 years. And yep. they've also never made the playoff or never made the World Series. So that's we're talking two big things about the Mariners franchise that makes it a tough franchise in baseball. And what they're doing this year is making everybody believe. And it's really fun. I've seen people at Barstool, even uh, Jared Cannabis, whatever his name is. He's like a big, yep. big baseball guy, the big baseball guy on Twitter. He's talking about America's team, the Seattle Mariners, and the excitement that goes into that, right? Um, you have MLB and MLB Fox and all these different places and a lot of like beat writers around the nation talking about the like, we believe Mariners, obviously a play on Ted Lasso, which I think every Mariners fan that's watched Ted Lasso also would really appreciate is this has been kind of cool how much they've incorporated Ted Lasso. Cannot lie. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, but the thing that's like funny about all this too, is like, I think a lot of people are enjoying this, like almost getting a good laugh at us in a funny way. Like I'm not saying it's a funny team or anything because we have been gritty and it's been cool winning these one run games because that's kind of like what we do. But you look at like the the different run differentials for all the playoff teams in all of baseball and and even wild cards like Tampa Bay leading the East plus 196, Chicago plus 155, Houston plus 200. The Yankees in the wild card plus 52, the Red Sox in the wild card plus 74. We're tied with them minus 48. S- same thing in the National League, too. There's no, no one with a minus run differentials even close to sniffing the playoffs. Actually, there's no team with a minus run differential in baseball that's over 500, except the Phillies were 81 and 78. We're the only ones who were 19 games above 500. Um, and we're, we're ni- minus 48, while the Phillies, who are three games above our 500, are minus 13. But, like, it, it's, absolutely, it's it's almost unreal. It's unheard there's, of. There's team. a reason. There's a reason. Every every Mariner fan knows this. It's because run differential doesn't matter. You know what matters, George? Fun differential. Fun differential. And this Mariners team is all about fun differential. And it's actually as stupid as it sounds it's like kind of true in a weird way with the jp crawfords and the way kelnick is always pumped up in the seawalds and yep and just the way the team actually just rallies around each other um it's it's quite amazing and i have like four or five little questions and topics i want to give to you because of how amazing this it's just more like more reference to why this team's cool right and even kyle seager's wife has been tweeting today and it kind of put me in the perspective of like damn, this really is like one of those crazy moments in Seattle sports history. Absolutely. An hour ago, she, Julie Seeger tweeted, I honestly feel like I could throw up. And then she tweeted uh, about one hour ago, also said, just gave him a big kiss, smacked his butt, and sent him on his way to the field. He's been playing over 10 years for this moment. I'm legit sick. And I was thinking about it. like Somebody like Kyle Seeger legitimately has been playing 10 years in Seattle, like waiting for this moment. Like... This is their moment, and that's pretty crazy when you even see a wife tweet that, like, smacked him on his butt on his way to the field, and he's been waiting 10 years for this, and it, and this, it really has. Let's not forget how the season started out, too, for the Mariners and Kyle Seeger with our former president talking mad smack about Kyle Seeger, literally, like, shitting on the franchise and then having to be fired. And then we felt like the season was going to be nothing. We didn't have – we really didn't like expect much, right? I mean, Kalenic came up with Gilbert and we're like, the future's now. Kalenic disappointed. He got set and back down. Now he's hot. Like, it, it's just the way the season started, too, is just like a fairy tale, right? Like, 
Oh, the, you have the president who makes fun of the whole team, and then he gets fired, and now the team's off. Like, if we just finish this off and make the playoffs, like, holy shit, it's a great story, right? I mean, if we don't, which I actually, like, I'm, maybe I'm opening myself up for to get hurt, but I actually think we do make the playoffs. Um, Yeah, what a story. What a story. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, this kind of beside the point. It doesn't matter if we do or don't. The point is... The, traje- the trajectory, right? It's it's the point is that we're talking about a baseball team that wasn't supposed to necessarily be at this point yet, right? right. Uh, I think we were maybe – I was expecting this maybe next year or the year after uh, with a guy like like you said. This season started off with firings in the system because you had guys talking crap about the way Julio Rodriguez has an accent and Kyle Seeger's not coming back. We're not paying him. And – how these guys do this and these guys do that. And then you start the season, a guy like Kyle Seeger wasn't having the best season, right? I mean, like he's still batting like subpar 220, like, but right. he kind of kicked up in the second half of the year and got hot. Mitch Hanniger's almost at 40 home runs, just kicked it up in the second half of the year, got hot. I think Kelnick in the last month and a half uh, after batting like 100, I think he's been our best batter. Him and J.P. Crawford probably are two best batters getting hot in the last month and a half of the season. You even have the bullpen that just came out of nowhere while trading Graveman and trading different pieces that everyone thought was crazy at first. Our one all-star, Kikuchi, can't even make the rotation anymore. He got benched for Anderson. And we have Flexen, Gonzalez, and Anderson going. All these replacement dudes, right? And that's what's really crazy about this team. You had minor leaguers that had to come up. You had replacements that had to come in. You've gotten... Pitching pitchers like James Paxson got hurt early, which was a huge blow. And somehow we've re- recovered a Tim Anderson and Chris Flexen and Kikuchi's not even pitching. You know, Kyle yeah, Lewis. Thank you. That was, I knew there was one main one I was forgetting. Kyle Lewis, last year's rookie of the year, one of the like hottest young stars in baseball, also out for this entire season, which by the way, if we make the playoffs, so it's disappointing that he was, he's not going to be able to experience this. I know. I actually think, I, I think. You know, he was actually on a trajectory to be able to return, but then I think they shut him down thinking that we're not going to make the playoffs. So I don't know if it's – I think it's too late now, though, to try to rush him back like for his long-term health. But, man, this team is a Kyle Lewis away, a Julio Rodriguez away, probably a free agent signing away. We're going to be really damn good. I, I mean, I, I, I know it's – like it's scary because you don't know how all these prospects will pan out. But man, if we just hit a little bit, if we, Kyle Lewis is what he couldn't be, if Julio Rodriguez is what he could be, if Kalenic keeps getting better as he has been, that's all I yeah, can say. It's it's there's there's like I said, the trajectory is what's exciting, and like you can kind of see it. And I'm not, I, I the reason I kind of love what's happening with the Ted Lasso stuff and like the we believe and like all the signs is because. If you've seen Ted Lasso, if you haven't seen Ted Lasso by this week and you're a Mariners fan, you've probably been waiting. I know I have a couple friends today. Uh, shout out my friend Aaron Chang. He was like, all right, guys, what's the- anybody got an Apple TV login? Mm-hmm. Like with all the Mariners stuff happening and everybody loves Ted Lasso, like I kind of got to watch the show now. Right. Yeah. But we are like FC Richmond. I feel like the team that like. It's kind of been like in the dumps and all this, but you have this coach that believes and believes and believes. Now, we obviously, the finale's not happened yet for Ted Lasso, and there's going to be multiple seasons. I don't know if they win anything or not. But the point is, it's like you kind of had this 
that aura around this team, right? Right. Like the one, the team that was in the dumps and all these problems and like managers got fired and all this shit's happening internally. But it's like a coach that really believes and, and pushes the team. And that's, and that's where they are. And that's why it's a beautiful thing. And I, I have one, two things I want to tell you, by the way, I don't know if you saw yesterday that the Mariners called for a statewide pause on non-baseball activities. Yes, I did see that. And they have a nice little press release out. And yeah, it's, it's great. The press release, the, the main quote was, it is unreasonable to expect the citizens of Seattle to focus on anything other than Mariners baseball. And I was like, I don't know when the last time you could have tweeted something like that. And it's actually somewhat true in Seattle. And we'll get to this before we transition to the Seahawks, because that's going to be interesting, by the way, is Sunday. But I did want to mention, I saw this today on my screen here. George can see my screen. Um, mm-hmm. The Mariners had the fifth toughest schedule fifth toughest schedule in baseball and are still tied for the final wild card. No other team in the top five has a winning record. You have the Baltimore Orioles with the hardest schedule, 50 wins, Angels, Rangers, Diamondbacks, Mariners. And then you have uh, Yankees. Red Sox, Blue Jays, Padres. We're the fifth hardest schedule in baseball. And yep. out of those top five, it's a bunch of poverty teams this year. And then the only one with the winning, the, the early hardest schedule with the winning record is a Seattle Mariner at five. Seattle man, that's, that's a testament to this team. Like they've gone their ass kicked sometimes. That's why they have a minus 40 run differential. They've gotten their ass kicked a few times because they have a tough schedule, but they found a way to be gritty and grit this out and it's it's been quite amazing and it leads me to this question for you and i heard this on seattle sports radio and it was actually asked to jerry depoto so Mm -hmm. i'll tell you his answer after i don't know if you've heard it but he was asked who is the mvp of this team this year it's a very good question that is a very good question in a weird way i Man, okay, there's three candidates for me, really. And there, okay. there's it's JP Crawford. That that's it's, the first guy that comes to my mind, no it, lie. It's Mitch Hanniger and it's Kyle Kyle Seeger. But I think I'm gonna have to give it to I think we have to give it to JP Crawford because he seems like he's the heart and soul of the team. Okay. My answer is also JP Crawford. Um, and that's just because you know, there's another guy that could be quietly in there, which is Ty France, by the way, the only one that's batting close to 300. He's batting 297, I believe. Um, but I feel like it is JP Crawford. And there's another guy that is not the MVP of this team that I have to mention, which is Jared Kelnick. The minute he figured out how to hit the baseball, is it isn't didn't this team just change the spark? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like he's he can't been be MVP spark. coming in halfway and batting 170, but. No, the spark no, he can't but he's been really good and watching him get better has been fun but like i'm looking at jp crop we'll go get to kalenic here in a second i just want to get to crawford's stats like you look at crawford's stats they're not like so overwhelming that you really think he's mvp 273 he has nine home runs 52 rbis plays good defense but gold like love defense yeah he's, gold, he's gonna get a gold glove this year so yeah maybe i mean, you never know if gold glove it's kind of a weird award sometimes they don't even give it to the best defensive person <laughs> but i think he's gonna get a gold glove i, I hope he does um the, but the point is i just feel like he's a heart and soul of the team i i feel like the team marches on the beat of his drum so i guess maybe he's not the mvp but he's definitely the emotional leader of the team 
Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting. I, I don't know what how long we have him for. This is the there's two guys, three guys on this team right now outside of the like forget Jared Kelnick and stuff because we know Jared Kelnick's gonna be on the team. Um, but like right now, it's like to me, it's JP Crawford quietly and Mitch Haniger because that's just you know, Mitch Haniger's kind of just that sure. seems like a silent leader type of guy. And yeah, Haniger has 38 home runs and 95 RBIs. Yeah, and Kyle, I mean Kyle Seager has over 100 RBIs first time in his career. Too. I know, I know, I know. I'm just like, I don't know. It's Han- maybe it's Haniger. Ha- 38 home runs. How many does Seager have? 35. Yeah, and 38. By the way, it's sixth in all of baseball. I've already looked. Yeah, so like it's Haniger, but I just I feel like he's been a quiet leader. That's the thing. So yeah, I, I think Crawford's been our our emotional leader, and then Haniger's been our best player, maybe MVP. Because without Hannigan, yeah. we're probably not here. Probably. But I also go with J.P. Crawford. Remember, J.P. Crawford's 26 years old, really young. Uh, he, we, have, we have him on f- three more years of arbitration, so mm-hmm. we're going to be able to keep him until he's 30 uh, for like $2 million, $3 million. And remember, he's just a f- – it's kind of crazy. He's a failed, uh, failed number 16 overall pick by the Phillies. Remember, he was like their top prospect for a little bit and failed and – Kind of got rid of him. He was the number number sixteen pick in twenty thirteen, and she wasn't very good for a few years. And now, like this is kind of at twenty six is a good year to really start having more of a breakout year. And you said his stats aren't overwhelming, but if I were to tell you we got this guy for three four years, a shortstop that can be a Gold Glover and batting two seventy with ten home runs every single year oh, is about yeah. the most you can ask for for a guy that's not going to be your best player, but he's going to be a leader and all that. But I will tell you. Uh, Jerry DePoto's answer was the bullpen. Well, yeah, I mean that's a great answer, but I mean you can't like you can't give it to a position group. So, yeah, but I, that's I know, been but our most valuable. It's, a hypo- uh, it's not this is I not know, a real I, award. I know, but it's <laughs> he's such also a cop- the GM and president of operations. So yeah, so you have to say that you, you have to, and you can't. You probably don't want to say a player unless it's like very obvious. No, but he also kind of wanted to say JP. But the reason this question came up on the radio show was because JP Crawford was asked who the MVP of this season has been so far. And JP gave a you know good answer of like kind of how like, Seeger's been a leader and Haniger this and the bullpen did this. But the actual unit that has really saved us this year is the bullpen. Um, mm-hmm. While you look at our starting pitching, has been so many changes. I mean, we don't, Dunn's not in there right now. Sheffield's not in there right now. Kikuchi, our second highest paid player at $16 million a year, our only all-star, got has got his starts taken away from him. And then you've had so many young pitchers come in. I would even, I'd just say the pitching unit, the way they've rallied around each other. And then the bullpen comes in like Seawald and Streckenheiner and all these guys that, you know, when, when we traded, when we made a the Graveman trade and stuff, I thought I thought we were calling the season. Instead, Depoto flipped it to pick up more valuable pieces uh, all around the bullpen. And I'm Depoto might be one of the MVPs if this team goes to the playoffs. If he found a way to stick this roster together to get them to a playoff, that's yeah. some MVP type baseball too. Yeah, I and I was just actually that was what I was going to bring up. We got to give some credit to yeah, and you said it. It was like a perfect segue. And you didn't even mean to. We have to do give some credit. To, yeah, <laughs> I wanted to talk about that for a second because Jerry Depoto deserves a lot of credit for t- taking a guy with Graveman with one year left on his contract, a fan favorite, a, a clubhouse favorite, yeah. swapping him for Toro, 
almost a full on rebellion by the by by the team. And he just stuck to the course. And Toro's been great. He's been a huge, huge, huge uh, help in our lineup that needed help. And he's also, I think we have him for four more years, five more years yeah. on his contract. So it was a, just a great trade. Um, now that you look back at it, and it goes to show we always want to say, oh, we GM did this. Not us, but in general, like fans know so much more than the general manager of the baseball team. But like, I should be the GM of the Mariners. I was saying that shit that day. I was yeah. like, I should be the GM of the Mariners. How do you ruin the team chemistry? And I was freaking out. And then yeah, I, I look back, and I'm like, I'm so stupid. I know. Like he, and he's, we're, the reason he's the GM. He's the reason he's the GM. It was like everything. It kind of reminds me of our – we were um, – I mean, people listening to this podcast know we were in Colombia for the last month. We were just back uh, back to the States, and we were at the uh, Atletico Nacional soccer match, right? Remember that? And everyone's like yelling no, at – No, I don't remember the, that. I know. I, <laughs> you know what I mean. So you remember when all the fans were yelling at the players what to do? Like, go this way, go that And Sammy's like – why do fans always think they know better than the coach and the player and everything? Like, like it's what we do as fans. It's kind of fun. It's even what we do us. Like when we talk about sports, like we kind of know more. But the Jerry Depoto, Graveman trade show goes to show we don't know jack shit. And and it was just a great trade. Yeah, and this happens in all sports. You sit at sports and it's people just like, how dare LeBron pass the ball right there? What is Russell Wilson doing? And it's like okay. Honestly, Russell Wilson's one of the best quarterbacks in the world and maybe in the history of the sport. Like, I mean, he might have made a mistake there, but you probably, you probably would not have known what to do if you were in his situation more than he True. does. <laughs> but I did have a guy um, I met in the sauna once, you know, tell me that he played high school quarterback and Russell Wilson's not that good. And he was wrong. I, I like I tried, try to try to argue with unreasonable people is a lot of fun. I played varsity football. <laughs> trust me. I uh, trust me. I know how to read a cover too. Russell Wilson's not very good at football. Well, um, speaking of Russell Wilson, we should mention the Seahawks going into this weekend. And also, I do want to mention before we move on completely, because this my next question is going to be a mix between Mariners Seahawks, mm-hmm. but. Uh, we will. I'm hoping our next podcast is not a disappointment podcast. I'm hoping we might have a podcast tomorrow, or I. You know what? I hope we have a new release tomorrow. If the Red Sox lose and the Mariners win today, and we do another episode, Mariners talk is going to be heavy this weekend and this yes. week. If this continues, I'm hoping our next episode is not like a okay. What do we do for next year, Kyle Seager? I'm hoping that like you probably hear from us in another 24 hours saying, holy shit, like went out and we're in. Uh, holy shit, we're packing our bags to New York, which George and I are considering already. If the Mariners do, knock on wood, we'll fly out to New York and catch that game. So let's just hope. I'm just setting the people up, George, that maybe we're going to – let's just hope we have a fucking podcast on on Sunday night. I was, I was going to say – I was going to say, I hope Couch Talk Sunday is like literally deliriously happy, drunk, out of happiness Couch Talk Sunday about the Seahawks win against the 49ers. Okay, stop. I'm going to stop and, you, you I know. I know I'm going to stop you there. You got to mention the Mariners first. And no, that's no, no, no. I know. No, Evan. Uh, I'll set it up the way I like to set it up. The, the, the Seahawks win against the 49ers and the Seattle Mariners are in the playoffs with 
full to like the most excitement I've ever had. Still going to disagree with you. The fact that you've put the Seahawks first was definitely, I was against that. It would be me logging onto this microphone in tears talking about the Mariners to well, start. Of course, the Mariners are number one, but I was just I know, I was George, trying to build you it can up. Take, George, you can, take, you can take some back and forth once in a while. You don't have to just keep explaining. I'm just saying, you gotta, I got to start with the Mariners there. I got to tell you that out of respect to my Mariners, I would have started with the Mariners. And they are the team of this weekend, and that's where this question goes, which is, What's gonna happen? There's not many people that do what we do, where we set up multiple screens, split screens, um, do whatever, right? Like put on two TVs. Mariners and Seahawks play at the same time ish on Sunday, mm-hmm. almost think, the exact same time. Uh, I, I think it, I think both around one o'clock and maybe one yeah. one twenty five for the. I bet yeah, you know. If the Mariners are in a play into the playoff game, there's going to be forty five thousand at the stadium first and foremost. Um, and then what, what do you think ratings – I know the ratings for football will win because that accounts everywhere, but I'm like, Seattle locally, do you think they're going to be people picking the Mariners game over the Seahawks on that day, or do you think it's – because for once, I actually think there's a possibility. When I see people like Dave Softy tweeting, like, the Mariners might take priority of the Seahawks this weekend, which I don't think I've seen said since the 2000s, the early 2000s or the 90s. <laughs> Yeah, I think personally the way it would go is more – I think people who actually like sports will split screen and be able to watch both. The people who care about the Mariners and know enough about the Mariners. that Like I think I think there's a certain group of people who really like sports and understand sports and will understand how good the Mariners' story is, and I think they'll be splitting screens. That's what I think. But like – I don't. I think mostly this is a Seahawks town, and I. I mean, I'm not saying like people aren't going to watch the Mariners, but I think the football game will be taking precedent for most of the casual sports fans. Not not the diehards, the casuals. And I'm not saying casuals as in a bad way. You know, some people use that word like you casual, bro. I'm just talking about the people who enjoy sports but aren't like live and die by sports. Yeah, I don't know. I think the Mariners are going to take priority only because the fact that it's going to be. A game where, like, I don't know. It's in Seattle, right? Because the Seahawks team's in San Francisco, um, which they're lucky they're not playing at the same time that Sunday. That would have been a shit show in downtown, like the parking and all that, if it's both in Seattle. But you got to get 40,000, 50,000 fans in, in the T-Mobile Park on Sunday. That's a big chunk of big sports fans that are not going to be watching the Seahawks at all zero there's gonna be a lot of sports bars you know what i think the move is gonna be for a lot of people george when you said like split screens or watching both games yeah. i think there's gonna be a lot of bars in seattle that have half their tvs on the seahawks half their tvs on the mariners and people catching both like you said yeah. um but for those that have one tv at home and let's just say are die hard seattle sports fans and they don't do split screens they don't have you know like some people you know like if you're 45 a 50-year-old male that doesn't like do much on technology, has cable, I think the Mariners are going to take precedent this Sunday if it's a win to the playoff game. And people will be checking reds, checking things on their phone or flipping back to see the Seahawks score because, you know, a Seahawks win doesn't really guarantee anything this year. And a Seahawks loss kind of shits our season, which is interesting. <laughs> but uh, I think you're muted. I, I think it'd be really weird the day that the Mariners make the playoffs if the Seahawks 
season essentially through four games was kind of over. It'd be really weird to me. Yeah, how odd would it be? You're right. Like they end up starting off one and three on the time the Mariners make the playoffs for the first time in 20 years. While the Seahawks have made the playoffs, was it eight out of the last nine years? Just one of the most consistent teams in football only missed it once. So it's like, it would be quite interesting. And I guess I believe George will see us rise. Gomes, go M's. And uh, let's mention these Seahawks for real, because um, unless you have any other final statements on the Mariners, let's mention the Seahawks. No, yeah, I got nothing left on the Mariners other than I'm really excited. I am too. Um, the Seahawks, the season would be v- close to virtually out of reach for a long time unless a big winning streak happens if you lose to the 49ers and start 1-3 and three in a division where somebody's going to be 4-0 because you have Rams-Cardinals. Oh, yeah, and, right. and somebody's going to be 3-1. and one. You can't be 1-3 and three behind a 4-0, and 3-1, oh, and another 3-1 and one with San Francisco if you lost to them. Yeah, the season is over if we lose. Yeah, almost over unless, like I said, unless you go on like a 9-10 game winning streak. Uh, what are you feeling for this weekend? How are you feeling about it? Like, I, I, I've had this personal weird optimism. Like, okay, it's Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. They're going to figure it out and be fine. But then I get these waves of like, holy fuck, we've really, I feel like I haven't seen us this bad in a while when it comes to our defense and the way we blew these games. So I, I'm somewhere like kind of in the middle right now. And I'm usually pretty confident that we're going to win because we've had that blessing for many years, the opposite of the Mariners. But what are you feeling this weekend? Um, I don't know. I'm kind of nervous about this game. I don't like the way this team's been playing. I don't like all the chatter. You do know it was Ken Norton Jr.'s birthday, I think today or yesterday. And uh, the comments were so bad on Instagram that they, the Seahawks posted happy birthday that they had to mute all comments. Um, so that's never a good sign for, for defensive coordinators future. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to have, a, we're going to struggle in San Francisco. I really hope we can pull it out, but I don't think the thing is, I think it's going to be as usual, a dog match between us and the 49ers. And it's going to come down to the last possession. Can we get it done? I hope so. But one possession games, anything can happen. It's going to be insane. Cause this is, this is, we're talking, I don't even know. It, it really is crazy. You're talking like our biggest rivalry for the Seahawks in like a game, like you said, that's usually a dog match and like usually a tough ass game, no matter who's the quarterback, who's playing, who's hurt, who's not hurt. It's always a good game with the Niners. Um, and it's like a do or die for the Seahawks week four. And that's that, that there's two ways that can go. I feel like we could have one of those magical Russell Wilson games that just pulls him off out of his ass because he knows it's a must win. And then there's also like that weird feeling of man, maybe if the Mariners are making the playoffs, like that's just our, that's our, like, uh, I don't know what's it called. Like that's what God gave us. Like, okay, you're going to get kind of a bad Seahawks here. I'm giving you a Mariners here really quick, but like, I, I can't get a grasp on this game. And there's a reason I can't get a grasp on this game. San Francisco has been in a tight match every single week Mm -hmm. against good and bad teams and a questionable team. Good team Packers, bad team Lions and Eagles. We're not really sure. Questionable team, yeah. Yeah. And they've all been close. Um, I'm not sure if the Niners are just like, maybe they're a lot like the Seahawks this year. And the Seahawks just didn't, like, Seahawks just had close games. They just didn't pull out two of them. Niners did pull out two of them. Uh, Maybe they're very similar teams, a lot of limitations. Ours is on the defensive end. 
there's just on quarterback and running back because of the injuries and all the mm-hmm. problems they've had. I think George Kittle might not be playing this week. It says he's hurt so far. Um, I think exactly what you said is going to happen. I think this is going to be a really close game. Classic, but not classic like it used to be low scoring. I think it'll be a classic high scoring. I think it's going to be another 30 in the 30s game because Seahawks defense can't defend. And Russell Wilson is just going to have to throw up points as much as he possibly can. What I'm hoping, George, is to actually see some fucking offense in the second half. Because I know we can be fine in the first half. But we need offense in the second half to win this game. That's pretty Yeah. I mean, that's what we hope, right? I mean, let's just think about in the whole ramifications of this thing. I don't need to repeat everything you just said because, yeah, we need a score. Um, to win a game, you have to have more points than another team. Kind of easy formula to to remember here in How sports. How does sports work? <laughs> so I'm not going to repeat all that. But, man, I mean, we have the back-to-back games in, what, five days? Eight, well, eight, I mean, Sunday to Thursday. So five days, Sunday to Thursday between the 49ers and the Rams. So, uh if we have to uh, in a create we have to at least go one in one the two and0 would be really uh useful as well so I, I'm just worried about this stretch of football I don't know if it's gonna be good um but we're gonna know a lot about the Seahawks team come but what's next Thursday by the end of the day October 7th next week we'll know a lot about the Seahawks team we'll know if they're gonna compete this year or if they're gonna be out of the playoffs exactly if you start so, off one and five or two and three you're probably not making playoffs this year two no. and three we can dig ourselves out of that hole one and five we cannot I'm not saying it, it'll be a very hard hole to dig yeah. out of but like that's my problem yeah it's but yeah, yeah not be, it's not gonna be easy but like we are already in this so we're playing two elite teams so to like say we have to go two and0 is kind of hard because then we do have after that and I mean at Pittsburgh their their quarterback can't play New Orleans we coming to Seattle it's a home game in Jacksonville so we can if we start off two and three we really can go five and five and three heading into you know into the game against Green Bay so which would not be a disaster again, yeah. yeah then you have a chance again but we got to win one of the next two yeah and I, I think it's a must win this week so I think if you lose this game I think even a I just think it's gonna be really hard to come back on a Thursday and win again with low morale on the team starting off one and three like I, I really could see this game dictating like a win will get us a win on Thursday with good momentum and a loss could get us a loss on Thursday with bad momentum and end the season. And that's totally. what, why I think it's a must win. I think it is just for mo- like the mojo of the team and the motivation and the morale, which is going to be really important, especially for a team that dealt with quarterback drama to start the season, right? With QB drama, not wanting to be there. Defense is bad. Everyone hates these coaches and this. So it's it's a team that kind of needs the morale to stay up and not and like no not resigning KJ Wright people aren't happy about that and it, you you got to just keep the morale up on this team and a win's the only way to do that and if they do get that win we are going to be talking about if the Mariners make the playoffs George or even imagine if the Mariners tie the Red Sox by Sunday mm-hmm. okay imagine if you had like a Seahawks win a Mariners tie then Monday you'd have a playing game Mariners. And then if they win that, it'd be like a Tuesday wild card game for the Mariners. And then Wednesday off, then a Thursday Seahawks football game. This would be the one yeah. of the most insane five days in the history of Seattle sports. Yeah, and they can't do that. I think that MLB is making a mistake here. If there's like a playing game, it'd be Monday, then Tuesday at New York. Because how could like people actually from Seattle, if they wanted to go plan to go watch the Mariners, actually go do it? 
That's a great question. Um, because the game I, would I, end. I'm up... assuming. I'm assuming they would. Here, I'm looking up the tiebreakers. The tiebreaker is Monday, and then the play the wild card game is Tuesday, no matter what. Let's see. <sighs> but is that exactly how it works, right? Yes, unless there's a three-way tie, and I don't know what the hell happens. Um. Well, okay. If it ends up being a three-way tie break, teams are ordered based on combined head-to-head winning percent of the percentages. Like the Red Sox combined two thousand one record against the Mariners and Blue Jays would be involved. Like, what is your record against the two squads that you tied? Oh, uh, okay. I mean, the top two would play against each other for the wild card. No, the top two, Team A would host Team B on records, and the winner would host Team 3 for the next oh. The winner of Team A, Team B, hosts Team th- C after a win. Okay. So I think it would be a double-game tiebreaker. I'm assuming they would move back the wild card, correct? <laughs> no, they play. imagine if they made it like that hard. Like You play in the morning, you win, you fly to New York at night and play. Because <laughs> you have to, like imagine, yeah, because it'd be like Monday if we had to fly to Boston and you win that. And it's like okay, you also have to fly to Toronto and play on Tuesday, and then like it, it, it just wouldn't make sense. Yeah, no, no, but yeah, we'll we'll uh, cross that bridge when we get there. Let's just make the playoffs. Yeah, let's make let's win tonight. How about that? Yeah, let's start let's off start by that. tonight. Um, and I will say one more thing about the about the Mariners though, which is we're rooting. Well, thank you to the Oriole fans. Now we're rooting for Washington fans, right? I did mm-hmm. see on Reddit that um, Mariners Reddit did do some like, I think some fundraising on like a GoFundMe to local charities in Baltimore. In Baltimore, to thank yeah. them. So uh, big thanks to the city of Baltimore, and they were they were with us yesterday. They were responding to some Mariners tweets for a team like Baltimore who has fifty wins. It's, there's nothing more fun than knocking out one of your rivals, like and helping. A team like the Mariners. That, that's the fun exactly. part. Everybody's just like, ah, oh, whatever. It's the fucking Mariners. This is kind of fun. It's, it's like when totally the Browns fun. made the playoffs last year, right? In football, everyone's like, that's kind of cool. Yeah, well, ho- but hopefully, you know, if we do make the playoffs, I do not want it to be a one and done. I want to win that wild card game. So let's, let, I want a series. I really do. Yeah, I know. I, I couldn't handle the stress of just watching one game and it's over. That would kill me. me. Either. <laughs> All right. Well, go Mariners. We got to end this because it is 340 Pacific time. We got to get this pot up. So I'll get this up in the next 30 minutes for y'all's listening experiences. And uh, hopefully the Mariners win and win and win. And then uh, we're in the playoffs. So keep on winning. And uh, you'll hear from us this weekend, right, George? If if we're winning, we're we're coming back on these mics. Oh, yeah, totally, man. There will be emergency pods, which is our favorites because usually – they're happy emergency pods. Yeah. Usually. Literally. Usually. So we'll talk soon. And uh, we appreciate y'all listening to the Sports on Tap Seattle podcast with your boys. And uh, you know what we like to say, George? Cheers to Seattle, y'all. Bang, bang. Peace. Cheers to Seattle. Yeah.